Fear First episode, a podcast where I help people around the world get over their fears and start their own creative, interesting, and important podcasts. Together, we record your first episode. I'm Alex Blumenstein. You can reach me, Alex, at bloomlabs.me, my website, bloomlabs.me, or on social media at bloomto. If you're eager to start your own podcast, visit yourfirstepisode.com and apply to be on the show. Today, I'm speaking with Elise Levine in Los Angeles, California. Elise has had an incredibly interesting career. She's worked for Disney and the FBI, and that's just the half of it. Now she started the Career Switch podcast to tell other people's stories of successfully switching career paths. Reach Elise at her website, careerswitchpodcast.com, or by email at thecareerswitchpodcast at gmail.com. This is Elise's first episode. So I currently work at the University of Southern California, and I started that position you know, back in October, and it actually was the fourth major change I had ever made in my career. And as I was going through it, I, I've actually had a kind of a, an interesting career where I've gone from advertising to the FBI, to Disney, and now to the University of Southern California. And I noticed that through each of my career changes, um, someone would say, how did you do that? Like, what did you do to get there? Um, and so I have dabbled in a lot of, you know, sort of career coaching and trying to become a career coach. And then I realized that I am not coaching material. Right. But I, um, I still loved hearing people's stories and I love talking to people about it. And I loved giving my unsolicited advice to people on okay. how to make a career change. That's right. Why we have podcasts, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I noticed as I was looking at podcasts, there are a ton of podcasts focused on careers and from career coaches giving their own career advice. Right. But there's not any podcast that I could really see that are really focused on just people telling their own stories sure. of making their major career changes. Right. And I think it's so inspiring to just like learn from people and do sort of a really big deep dive. Right. How did you navigate your, your finances? Right. How did you get the support of your family? How did you even figure out that you wanted to go from this one thing into this other thing that's totally outside of anything you had ever considered, right? Yeah. Um, so that's how I ended up here. And that's why I'm doing the podcast. Perfect. So before we get deeper into the podcast itself, I do want to hear uh, you know, more about you. I mean, I do want to hear about your career changes and, and get a feeling for that to really have people understand why you're so qualified for this. And I mean, you did just say, oh, you've worked for FB, the FBI and for Disney, which uh, to some people might sound like a wild leap to the more conspiratorial minded. It might sound far too convenient, uh, but uh, so why true. don't you actually tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your career and how you made those, those shifts. Absolutely. Yeah. So I began my career in advertising. Um, I went to the University of, sorry, I went to the University of Florida and then I moved up to New York. I worked at a series of ad agencies and PR firms through the first few years of my career. And then I started to kind of get bored and I realized that if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything else seems like a nail. Right. And I didn't just want to solve business problems by social media campaigns. So I decided to go to business school. Um, so I ended up going to NYU for business school um, part-time while I was also working full-time with the idea of going into management consulting. And as I was going through the recruiting process, I noticed that the FBI happened to be recruiting at 
NYU Stern. And it turns out the FBI has an internal consulting program where you go in and you work for the bureau, um, you work for the heads of different divisions on a sort of an internal consulting rotational program, right? It's three years, like any kind of major management consulting program. Um, and I was like, what the hell? That sounds cool. I've never considered that before, right? And so I applied for it. They flew us to DC. We had a whole interview day. I interviewed with the head of the counterterrorism division. He asked me how I would find terrorists on social media after I told him I worked in social media. And I was like, cool, if I get this job, I'm definitely taking it. Um, and somehow I just, I, I did manage, I got the job um, and I was considering sort of going from going to the FBI or going to a management consulting firm. And, you know, my parents thought I was crazy for even considering the FBI. I have no family with any sort of law enforcement background or government background or military background or anything. Um, and so there was a lot of, there was people in one camp saying, that's awesome. You should definitely go do that. And then people in the other camp saying, why would you ever pass up an opportunity to go work for a big management consulting firm? Mm -hmm. And my thought was, I can always go back and work at a management consulting firm if I want to, right? But at the end of the day, I could go to the FBI, do this thing I've never even thought about, get a top secret security clearance. And if I hate it in six months, I can go work for this company and have a top secret security clearance, right? So I ended up going to work for the Bureau. Um, I did about a year in cyber and counterintelligence, um, which, was, which sounds a lot cooler than it was, but it was pretty cool. And yeah. then I, <laughs> I led employer marketing um, for about a year and a half. So the FBI had no social media presence and just their whole branding for recruitment was totally off. Um, and so I, I let it sort of revamped that and the whole system of recruiting. And then I was um, the chief of staff in the Los Angeles field office for about a year and a half. Wow. And then out of the blue, um, got an email from Disney saying that they were looking for um, essentially an executive communications person for Disney parks. Right. So I, interviewed for that job. Disney was a dream job for me. Um, I've always been a huge Disney fan and I ended up going to work for Disney and essentially became a speechwriter for the head of Disney parks. Um, which was, you know, it was not only a major change from the public sector to the private sector. It was a change from, you know, general sort of process and like executive support to like speech writing, which was something I had never done professionally. How, how did that pivot happen? I mean, both like, how did, why were you, why did they reach out to you in the first place? Did you figure that out? Um, yeah, yeah I, th I think that it was because it, they were really looking for sort of that executive level experience. And my role at the bureau was all working with executives. Right. So, um, you know, and I was doing a number of things. So I was doing a lot of communications when I was chief of staff in the Los Angeles uh, FBI office. I was doing um, all of the head of the field office's communications, all of his speeches and press conferences. I was leading, um, you know, our sort of community engagement and public private sector relations. And um, so a big part of my job was still sort of that marketing communications kind of aspect. But I think it was more that... I, I'm just a good writer. Okay. And when I went to interview for the Disney job, they were looking for someone who had a lot of experience working with executives. And, um, and really, I just kind of said, you know what, I'll work my ass off. I've always wanted to work for Disney. This is an amazing opportunity. I really want to do it. 
and they kind of took a leap and, you know, they trained me a little bit, you know, speech writing is an art, um, but it was really interesting. And, you know, I was doing a little more than that. I, I led some diversity initiatives there. I did some things. Um, but yeah, so I, once I got to Disney, it was one of those jobs where I really thought, man, okay, I'm going to be here for the next 20 years. Disney, that's, this is the pinnacle of my career. I'm here. I've done it. Right. And a year and a half later, I got recruited to come to the university of Southern California as deputy chief of staff. And I work for, um, the president and the board of trustees now. That's a totally different job, but you, what, what, what sort of inspired you to make that jump? I mean, you were, you were at the pinnacle of your career, you know, Disney's a, top global brand. And you said, okay, I'm going to try something else. I mean, after what I imagined was like learning a whole new set of skills and learning how to thrive in a whole new environment, you said, okay, I'm going to take something else on just like that. Yeah. It's, you know, my general theory when it comes to my career is try it and stay open-minded because I think that there are so many opportunities to do such cool things And, you know, I had a number of mentors and people that I trusted at Disney who I was talking to, um, you know, as I was getting recruited by USC, you know, I talked to people and they said, this is a great opportunity and you can always come back, right? That's, that's kind of been the theme, right? You can always go back if it's something that you try and you don't like it. But to me, it offered a number of different things. It offered the chance to be get back into that chief of staff role and be a bit more well-rounded again. At Disney, it was very much communications focused and writing focused. And I kind of wanted, I didn't want to get pigeonholed. Um, And it was a chance to work for university, which was something that I've always been interested in. Um, And I just thought, again, if I just try this out, let's see how it goes and I can always go back. But so far it's been awesome. And I, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So let's let's get into the podcast itself. Uh, you know, you mentioned already that the idea is to interview people about their their career shifts and how they did it, and kind of have a similar conversation to to the one that we're having right now. So I mean, you're 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 going to be t- talking to these people, and you're going to have listeners. What kind of concrete um, takeaways do you want your listeners to have? That's a great question. I want them to know a couple of things. One, I want them to know that, first of all, making a major career transition is not only possible, it's something that you should do, right? Your life changes, right? We talk about all the time in society about how our life circumstances change. We grow up, we become different people. We have different friends. We have, you know, sometimes different spouses and different partners. We have kids, we have all of these different things, but I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily think of careers in the same way. They think of it as, oh, I'm going to do this. And this is going to be my specialty and I will do it forever. Right. Where, I think that we, we miss the opportunity to really sort of branch out and say, I'm a different person now. Why shouldn't my career be different? So that's one thing I want them to take away is that I really think career change is not only possible. I think it's really necessary for a fulfilling life. And Um, I think that's, I think that's really interesting. I think it's also really challenging. I mean, there's one thing people switch jobs all the time, but switching careers, I mean, like it's, it's daunting, uh, as a person doing it, but it's also, I mean, it seems difficult. I mean, to have somebody accept you, you know, to, to get that job, especially if you're, you know, you've, you've worked hard and you're more senior in your organization to move to a totally different type of role and maintain seniority. That's, 
a challenge. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, but like, how do you do it? It's <laughs> challenging. No, a hundred percent. It's challenging and it's super intimidating. Right? right. And there's all kinds of considerations. So, and I definitely don't want to diminish, right. I mean, you have financial considerations, you have, you know, your family, you have all of, you know, there's so much that goes into it, but I think that, you know, I was just talking about this with someone adaptability is a skill, right? And it's something that we practice. Resilience is something that we practice. And I think that as you're looking at making a career change, you have to ask yourself, where am I in my life? You know, right. Is this possible? And what I'm, is what I'm doing resonating with me right now? And if not, what does it's less about saying, Hey, you need to make a major career change, right? Hey, Alex, you work in media right now. I need you to go work in like electric, you know, electric engineering or something. Um, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if electrical engineering is something that interests you, maybe go start exploring it. You know what I mean? And take a class or do some informational interviews, or it's really about trying to maximize the number of things in our lives that make us happy, if that makes sense. And not being intimidated and having that sort of thought of, if I don't like this, I can stop. If I don't like this, I can always go back. Right. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's a, a great way to think about it and a great way to look at it. And I'm now very much looking forward to, to listening to this podcast to actually dig into how to, how to do that and how to approach that. But we'll, we'll leave that for the, for the second episode. For sure. uh, um, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, who's going to listen to this. Who is your ideal listener? Describe that person to me. So my ideal listener is a professional, right? Somebody who's in, in the midst of your career. I'm not looking for people who are just starting out necessarily though. Again, I think it's, I think it's helpful and inspirational to hear some of these stories that we're recording. Um, but it's really about, you know, somebody who's in the middle of their career, who is maybe feeling a little dissatisfied, um, and just thinking like, I wonder if there's something else out there or I'm still looking for my purpose and I don't feel like I found it yet, even though I'm doing this thing really successfully. Um, many of the people that I have interviewed so far for this show have been really feeling like they were in a previous life checking all the boxes. They had a good job. They had a good education. They had a successful marriage. They had, you know, they were checking the boxes, but there was like something missing. And so those are the kinds of people that we're really looking for, but it really is across all walks of life and all careers. I have, you know, I've talked to people who went from, you know, fashion sales to intuitive coaching. I've talked to a former FBI agent who's a screenwriter, right? I've talked to so many different kinds of people. Um, And I think this is applicable to every industry sector um, person, but mid-career professionals is the short answer. Right. Understood. Um, And where do you find these people? Like practically speaking, if you want to get a listenership for your, for your podcast, how are you going to get it out there? Who are are you going to, who are you going to, how are you going to target them? Where are you going to put it? What's your, do you have a, do you have a game plan for that? I do have a bit of a game plan, um, but of course I'm very open to any feedback that you sure. have and ideas. Um, but my game plan is generally to, I, I have a network, right? I tried out career coaching. I think I may have mentioned way back when, and I have a bit of an email list from that of people who I know are interested. I have a number of Facebook groups that I'm a part of where right. I think people are really looking for this kind of advice. Um, but my, my goal is, you know, really leverage my network, you know, online and offline, um, you know, and just, and just kind of spread the word 
organically. The goal of the show, if I could just add, the goal of yeah. the show is really, this is meant to be inspirational. I, I don't necessarily need to go viral right off the bat, right? Hmm. That's kind of where I am. Sure, right. But you do want it to be a success. Of course, yes. of course. Yeah, yes. No, and I think, so, I mean, I think that kind of um, uh, lines me up to uh, to the next question, which is, who who sort of are your your dream guests? Who would be the top three people if you could find if you could get them that you would want to have on your podcast? I would really love to have. Um, well, there's three Peloton instructors that I would really love to have on the podcast. So okay. first of all, I'm a huge Peloton fan. Um, Jess Sims, Robin Arzon, um, and Olivia Amato. They have all made major career changes, and they talk about it pretty frequently. But nobody's really gone super in depth with them. So. I'm going to count that as one guest, um, (laughs) Peloton instructors. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, the second one is I actually would really love to interview, um, someone like Dan Epstein who wrote the book, Dan or David, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. It's Dan or David Epstein who wrote the book range. Um, about how generalists succeed in a specialized world. And as I was reading that book, I was just thinking, oh my God, I feel so validated. Like, you know, as someone who has changed careers and roles a number of times, I feel so validated. And I would just love to have a discussion with him on, you know, how the book more specifically applies to career changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I've, I've used a lot of his theories in my conversations and I just think he's, he's just so fascinating. So that would be another one. Um, and then I am thinking there's this guy who I literally just heard of, um, Mike Lewis, who left a job at Bain Consulting to go play on a squash world tour and has also started, uh, had a podcast, I think a couple of years ago called When to Jump that is focused on making major life changes. And I would love to interview him for this podcast. And he's talked to such interesting people there too. So, so how, how can you get these people? What can you do tomorrow to track these people down? That is a great question. I, I mean, I was kind of hoping to get a bit more established before I start right. reaching out to these people, right? I mean, I was thinking that I could say once I get to my episode 50, I can reach out to, you know, a couple of these Peloton instructors and say, I'm at 50 episodes. I would love to have you as my 50th guest, right? Hmm. Um, I kind of want to set it to milestones with the podcast, first of all. And then, you know, I'm hoping that I can sort of leverage, you know, that's what they say, right? When you're doing sort of an interview podcast, you kind of start with level level one guests and then level two guests and then level three guests and you kind of organically build. Um, can, I, can I propose an alternate theory please, to that? Yes, please do. So if you start with small guests, then you're a small podcast, right? Yeah. If you reach out to the people who are your number one guests right away and you say, this is who I am, you talk about how impressive your career is and your resume and say, I want to hear from you, you know, because I think we can learn from each other. Start at the top and let yeah. them say no, right? And then you have right. those big guests to start with. And then you're going to have a, your 50th episode will be, you know, a huge guest because you've already had all these impressive people. Uh, but if That's you wait point. until your 50th episode, they'll kind of look at who your other guests are and be like, oh, she had her neighbor, her dog walker. And it's like, do <laughs> I really want to be on this? Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll work, 
But I mean, if I'm going to, you know, push you and challenge you to do something, it would be to start, start with your number one guests and, and go from there. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I definitely will. I, I will definitely take that to heart. I mean, sure. um, it makes, it makes sense. And I think that honestly goes back to what we were just talking about with what's the worst that could happen. Right. You can exactly. always go back. Yeah, exactly. You can always go back to your dog walker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so you haven't actually launched the podcast yet, but it sounds like you're starting to talk to people. What, what kind of barriers uh, have been in your way to actually getting it uh, out there? You know, it's just been the time to edit the episodes. I've gotten a right. lot of interest. I've heard, I've talked to a lot of great people. I mean, I have five interviews done. I just need oh, to right. produce them. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, so that's, that's really my big thing is just finding the time to kind of go through each of them and, and produce it. But how, how long there. have you how long have you been putting it off for? <laughs> well, I did just produce my first episode oh, good. Okay. yesterday. So <laughs> I've I've been putting it off for about a week, a week and a half. Okay. That's that's um, that's not so bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank can, you. Can I so something that I've done um with the other people I've interviewed so far is to set a goal with them, right? So yeah. to challenge them um here so we can hold them accountable to actually get it done. So, I mean, can we agree to some sort of goal of saying you'll actually get your first episode uh, after this one, I guess, uh, out next week? Yeah, yeah, that's been my, so my plan has been to launch by the 15th of March. Okay, good. So yeah. that's already in the calendar, then I can challenge you to something else, which is to to reach out to a, one of these Peloton instructors uh, and try to get them on. I'm going to do, do that. Yes. Okay, amazing. 100%. Perfect. I'm in it. I'm so excited. It's going to okay. happen. So I'll, I'll end up following up with you and finding out uh, if you've done it. And well, you'll just send me the episode once it's recorded. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. Listen, Jess Sims, if you're listening to this right now, the, your first episode podcast, then, you know, Hey, reach out to me. I got an email address. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, Elise Levine, thank you so much uh, for recording your first episode with us. Um, This was a great conversation. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it so much. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to your first episode and Elise's very first episode of the Career Switch podcast, which should be available on all all podcast players any day now. You can reach Elise at the Career Switch podcast at gmail.com or visit her website, careerswitchpodcast.com. I want to hear from anyone and everyone who is listening. Email me, alex at bloomlabs.me or on social at bloomto. Visit yourfirstepisode.com if you want to record with me. Thanks for listening.